Hi, I am Tanita Kane, and I'm running for the District Court Criminal Judge Place 6 in Jefferson County, Birmingham. For 23 years, I have fought for my client's fairness. It is time for me to take that passion and fairness to the bench. I want to be your judge, the judge for the people, because I care deeply about you. I kindly ask that you vote for Tanita Kane for judge on March 5th, 2024 for Place 6 Jefferson County District Court. Kane is able. Kane can. All right. Give me some relationship advice, little bruh. Man, everything is your fault. What I mean by that? You know, if you if you keep getting in a fair relationships and you're not getting the results you want, it's something you're not doing. You got to look at yourself and ask yourself, what am I doing to keep getting these results and change you know, who I am to become who I need to be to attract who I want? Now, that's some good relationship advice. That's what I learned over the years. Gilberto Herrera is an entrepreneur with a focus on increasing the brand and financial awareness of everyone in business. He was given the king of scaling people because his goal is to increase the worth of individuals nationwide with programs tailored specifically to meet and exceed their revenue goals. He is the author of the book, How to Scale You, Build a Brand, Leverage Marketing, and Skyrocket Sales. Since 2007, Gilberto has worked with over 2,000 individuals, Fortune 500 companies, and has assisted thousands to take their mastery to the masses. In 2022, Gilberto secured partnership with Google through their Grow with Google program to provide free training and tools to underserved communities in business and finance. Gilberto has earned the reputation where companies and individuals trust trust for his financial expertise, marketing, and business development experience and he has a successful track record to prove it. He consults with individuals and companies across the U.S., Canada, Panama, and Latin America, delivering the power of increasing your worth in life and in the marketplace. His storytelling and strong skill set as an experienced facilitator teaches seminar participants how-to techniques easy-to-digest, simplistic approach, and direct implementation strategies to gain the necessary skills to be successful in today's marketplace. In 2019, TEDx Birmingham reached out to Gilberto to be on stage and share practical ways that can improve the livelihood of others in their communities. Successful organizations like McDonald's, Alabama Media Group, the American Marketing Association, Verizon Wireless, 
and over 100 companies have invested in his ability to increase their brand worth and revenue year over year, asking him to come back and work with them again and again. He is a regular contributor in Gump Town Magazine and former national co-host, TV co-host, the New York Finance Magazine named him as a top entrepreneur to follow in 2021, and he was recently named as a 2023 Emerging Influencer by the Business Journal. He has also been featured in CBS, NBC, Fox News, Miami News, and Houston Weekly News. His greatest rewards come from serving the community. He serves as the president of the Hispanic Interest Coalition of Alabama and sits on the board of the A.G. Gaston Boys and Girls Club. Gilberto, tell me a really, really, really good joke. You know, it's hard to impress you, big brother. (laughs) (laughs) Hope. Let, let me let me give you a little cheesy a, a little cheesy one. All right. What did one ocean say to another? See you later. Nothing. It just waved. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do cows wear bells? I have no idea. Because their horns don't work. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little snicker out of him on that one. Now, um. Awesome bio, two reasons. Number one, um, gives a great snapshot of you. Number two, tells nothing about you. So that gives us a lot of room to um, chat. Now, I was glad that uh, you put in here that it was 2019 that TEDx Birmingham had you because I couldn't remember when that was, when we met, et cetera. But nevertheless, I knew I met you a little bit before that, and I remember seeing the TEDx, and I was like, ah, damn, like, that motherfucker, like, yeah, all right. And um, then I got to see you your hustle you know what i'm saying and being in the right places being in the right conversations um just watched you and been impressed with you and just adopted you and want to push you because you just man you are different and i want to know how you got to be you like tell me where you were born and what were your parents like and you know where did you go to church and school and you know were you a band geek or athlete you know like tell me siblings like we met each other became immediate fast friends but i i can't say that i know you you know what i mean that's true that's true and The reason that is is because when I meet someone, especially if I get, like, we instantly hit it off. And my whole process is how can I add value to Big Brother? 
Yeah, you you are crazy like that. Like, yeah, you are very giving. That was the first thing you like, but and even to this day. But that's what life is about. But I was born in Panama, the country. And, you know, I have to say that because a lot of people still will say, hey, <laughs> Panama, Panama City, City Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was raised by my grandparents. My mother left Panama to chase a better life in, you know, in New York and in the United States when I was when I was a, a baby. OK. My grandparents was like, nah, you're not taking him with you. So grandfather was well off. So I come from a super traditional household as okay. a kid. My grandfather was a breadwinner, entrepreneur. He had a, paint, a successful paint shop. He had a farm. He raised horses. However, you know, he had a gambling problem. He was an alcoholic. So I remember going to work with him on the weekend. So I get my hustle from him because I was around his business as a kid. Yeah. On the weekends where other kids were playing, I was in his business. So yeah. he would set up a room for me to have toys and stuff. But even still, I was with him, watching him work customers. Yeah. Mixing paint, you know, and things of that nature. And... You know, um, when we would leave there, he would go to a bar. Mm-hmm. And he had the bar put an arcade in for me. So I would kick it with him at the bar as a kid. And I remember in Panama. Hold on. Paw Paw had that check. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? He like put a put an arcade in there. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had, while he sat at the bar with his mans and his homies. Yeah. I was at the arcade. I love it. And he would give me money. And there was a KFC across the street from the bar. So when I got hungry, I go there. I, half the time, they won't even charge me for it. So I just pocket the money, eat, come back, and <laughs> we'll go home. But my grandmother, you know, she was a homemaker. Okay. Um, she took care of the house. She didn't work, didn't have to work. And the only side hustle I do remember her having, she used to run lottery numbers. You know what I mean? So for the neighborhood. Yeah. And eventually she became a minister. And this is just my theory. Um, this is nothing they told me. But I felt like because she was a minister, my grandfather's lifestyle kind of got in the way of you know him being an alcoholic. He gambled a lot. Uh-huh. I just remember one day she was like, yo, we about to go visit your family in New York. And we got on a plane and we never, we never came back to Panama. Yeah. So you go from... Having this lifestyle in Panama, you know, the the traditional household, both, you know, although they weren't my parents, um, I was I wasn't bad. I yeah. went to a private school in Panama. You know what I mean? If I ask, my, if so I so how old up until how old were you there again? About seven or eight. About seven or eight. Yeah. So you didn't establish kid. I mean, friends. Absolutely. And kids in the neighborhood, and you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, if, if I asked my grandfather for anything, he would get it for me. Um, I remember I asked him, I said I wanted a bird, and I came home and there was a toucan in the house. Like a, like the <laughs> toucan <he> Sam. <laughs> nah, I couldn't even touch him. Every time you try to get close to him, he's trying to bite you. You know what I mean? So go to New York, and it's like a night and day. We go yeah. from living a suburban lifestyle, and now we damn in the projects. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember. What part in New York? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay. You know, and that was the first time I lived with um, – so initially, we moved with my aunt and her husband. Okay. And then I ended up moving with my mom, where she lived in Brooklyn. Okay. And, you know, Brooklyn, it was a zoo. You know, although I loved it, it's not a it's not a place where I would recommend you raise a child. Not New York City. Right. Not, not New right. York. Upstate New York, 
Yeah. You know, you good. But the city um, is crowded. As a child, you had a lot of freedom. And from the time I was in middle school up until high school, that's when gangs hit New York. So, mm. I, I, you know, a lot of people don't notice unless you're close to me, but that was around the time the Bloods and Crips came to New York. Okay. The Bloods okay. came through because uh, somebody built it in jail, and then the Crips came, you know, a little later. But my whole neighborhood was a Crip neighborhood. Okay. So, because all my older friends and all my old, so-called OGs and all my friends were Crips, I, initially I was guilty by association, and I ended up joining. Okay. So, in New York, it's a little different, though. In the seventh grade, they give you a big book, and you can pick seven or eight high schools that you want to go to. You don't have to go to your zone school. And some of those schools you got to take a test to, you know, they, they based on your grades, all that good stuff. It's like a part yeah. of college, damn dude. Right. Well, I got into the school that I wanted to get to. It was in Manhattan. So, I lived in Brooklyn, and it was, the school was in Manhattan. So, it's, okay. like, it's like from here to Tuscaloosa. Okay. But, but you take the Thanks train. Thanks for that proximity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you take the train, so it it's not it does, it won't take you as long. Yeah. Well, unbeknownst to me, I get to the school. It's a blood school, so it's all my enemies. Oh my. And I'm a freshman. And every it was only one other person besides me. Like when they when I automatically tell them. What part of Brooklyn I'm from, they automatically know. Yeah. He either affiliated or he is one. Right. So it was no denying it. Right. So I got in a lot of trouble because of that. Right. So quickly after that, my family started seeing that. Because at that point, I was so invested in the gang. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you could leave school at in New York at like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. legally. They can't tell you nothing. Mm-hmm. You got free transportation. So my family think I'm a school I'm in the Bronx. Yeah. I'm at a girl house. I'm, you know, doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing. Right, 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 right. So my grandmother, my mom at this point had migrated to Alabama. You know, she got married, and she had kept trying to get me to come here. And I said, I'm not coming to Alabama. And how old were you here? I was like 15, 16. Okay, okay. And I was like, I'm not coming to Alabama. But anyway, they, they forced me to come, and it was the best thing for me. Well... That brought on another set of challenges. So in New York, you know, I was able to do anything I wanted to do, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a kid. Um, I get everything I want, and I get I get to move as as I want to. Well, here, one, you got to drive. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't no corner stores. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then they start, it's just a different layout. Yeah. yeah. And then they started asking me for every class I went to. They started asking me for something called a social security card, and I was like. I don't know what that is. So I go home and I start asking, like, yo, they keep asking me for this social security number and this social security card. And they was like, oh, by the way, you don't have one. You're undocumented. Wow. Yep. So from the time I got to the States, we, me and my grandmother came over here legally on a vis- visiting visa. Yeah. But we never left. We were supposed yeah. to we were supposed to go back to Panama. Yeah. So think about a kid being in high school. Not being able to drive. Right. Can't really play sports. Can't really move around. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing all my friends do all the stuff they want to do. And I can't. Because you realize you kind of need to lay low. Absolutely. Because I'm a walking, 
I'm as soon as, I'm taking a risk as soon as I leave the house. Yeah. You know, if we get detained, I'm the only one with no ID. Dang. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that that still didn't stop me from getting out, you know, from getting in trouble. However, you know, it my life really didn't start until about 2007 when that process came through and I was about, I was 21. So from the time I was in this country to about I was 21, um I got that's when I became a permanent resident. Okay. I just became a citizen of this country last year. Really? Mhm. Congratulations. Yeah. So, I mean, it took thousands of dollars and yeah. as, as you can see a lot of years. Yeah. You know, so we got my grandmother set up first and then I made sure that I got straight after. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm glad I went through that though because I had a lot of time to sit and evaluate things. And because I was so used to being free when I started working, I missed my freedom. So I wanted my freedom back. So during that time, I still had, you know, I had a child at 17. Mm. I had to get creative. Mm-hmm. You know, I started doing everything from breeding dogs to, you know, I, I used to draw really well. I used to sell paintings. I mean, I did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I was always kind of like a hustler, you know, in a sense. Yeah. And then I, when I got to corporate America, my goal was always, I'm going to learn what I can from these positions, and I'm going to leverage it for me. Now, hold on right there. That's a perfect place for me to ask you this question. Not say, not saying there's any regret, but if you could go back to a certain age, what age would you choose and what advice would you give that younger self? It can be yesterday. I will go back to when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was about 16, 17, mm-hmm. and tell myself to slow down. Mm. You know, I was the, so I stood out like a sore thumb when I got here. I was mm-hmm. one, I didn't look like nobody, I didn't speak like anybody, I moved real fast. Mm. So I was running laps around people, and mm. that included from school to the street to females, you name it. Yeah. Um, so one of the but that's the truth man like New Yorkers man like you said that may be a place to live upstate but in the city I mean people are different from New York because from the time you leave your house to the you know you're always on go on edge on edge because you know if you leave out your house you're trying to rush to the train station you're trying to rush to catch a bus and if you miss that bus or you miss that train, you might be an hour late for work. Yeah. So ain't nobody trying to stop and be friendly or, you know, we got some, we got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we real cocky people because, you know, it's a fashion capital of the world for the most part. Yeah. So um, another thing I would tell myself is, you know, of course, don't wear your wealth. Like, invest it. Mm-hmm. You know, had I started early, I mean, I made a lot of money breeding dogs and doing other things. But. Okay. I blew it because, yeah. you know, of course, nobody taught me about finances and money. This is the stuff that I learned on my own. Money is the only thing that we get that doesn't come with an instruction manual. Yeah. And we just emulate our environment. So um, you're from Panama. Mm-hmm. You lived in New York. Mm-hmm. But what makes you Birmingham? Man, Birmingham, I love this place, bro. <laughs> so one of the things that... I saw different being an outsider. I remember when downtown was tumbleweeds. Mm. 
but every year I saw this place growing and getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Whereas the average person, because they've been here all their life, they, they got a different perspective on it. they like, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You people think if they can make it in New York, they can make it anywhere. Nah, if you can make it in Birmingham, because mm. opportunities just ain't ready avail- readily available to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to navigate between certain circles, mm-hmm. you don't know how to get in certain rooms, mm-hmm. you don't know how to really add value to people, you're not going to make it here. Yeah, it's not, it's not the city's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not your job's fault. It's you. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I learned by being here. Mm. I want to learn that in New York. You know, I, I look at the people that I grew up with, and most of them are still doing the same things we did in high school. Now, if um, I got a question, and and I I I cut you off because I wanted to resume it here. Give me your first fondest favorite memory of us meeting or interacting or whatever the case may be. Man, we got so many. <laughs> but I would honestly have to say we met at the furnace one night, and we talked for like five hours. Oh, wow. And it was just like, it was it was just something that I don't experience with a lot of people here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we just, you poured so much game into me that day, and you showed, you, you, I learned so much about this city yeah. and just how to move and you know, it was just like a great conversation, and I still remember that to this day. You know, I'm not gonna share everything we discussed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, one of the things that I learned from you is like, man, you could be unapologetically you. Either you are gonna love me or you ain't. Yeah. You know, and I because I started seeing that from you, it's like, yo, ain't no in between, ain't no gray area. I'm me. You can accept it. And accept the good that comes with me, or you could choose to look at my imperfections and then get out of my way. Well, my mine is more of a sentiment. Um, it's a lot of people that they think they can do what I do or belittle what I do. And even though we are in two different lanes, I see a lot of myself in you, and that's why I push you, because nobody can fuck with you. People, man, this people think shit is easy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it it looks no, and and the ability, and we're gonna talk about this in a minute. But not only to be able to be successful in something, but to be able to teach that, like. I can't teach you how to be me. The biggest, you know, secret about me is that I know everybody. Ain't you know? It's like you can't reproduce that. I mean, you may be smarter, better looking, taller, 
you don't know who I know and you don't have that relationship, that depth. You, when it comes to marketing and business, it's like I had made a joke earlier. I ain't never had a guru on my show, but like you have been able to perfect this in a way as to help others. And I want to make one quick little drawback to like one of your things is, you know, how can I pour into you? How can I build value in you? Real quick, how did you come to those things? Because all good people that I've been around, that's how they came to me. I don't know. They just saw something in me, and they gave without expectation. And I see them being successful and continuing to succeed. So I want to do that for the next generation and for anybody I come across. And I think it's a little bit of, you know, my upbringing, too. Like, being in Alabama, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes. Like, people, if white people see me, they're like, is he black? What is he? Is he Indian? If Hispanic people see me, it's the same thing. And I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if a Mexican see me and they hear me speak Spanish, they mm-hmm. like, how you learn how to speak Spanish? I'm like, I am Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I try to find ways to relate to everybody and just try to put myself in everybody's shoes and understand where they are. Because I've been through a little bit of everything, and I remember not having people in my corner. Now, let me um, throw this out there. First of all, I want to talk about your social media. Then I want you to tell everybody how to find you on Absolutely. social media. But um, how many how many followers do you have? I have... On, in, on Instagram, specifically. Almost 19,000, like... No, 19.4 thousand, so almost 20,000 followers. All right, now. Who got who got 19,000 fans who are daily listening to and 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 diving into and and sitting and waiting for what you have to say today. That's impressive. Um, that says to me a lot about your message, your, um, consistency and the quality of it. So when we get back, I want you to tell us in a snapshot how we can be our best selves as as directed by Gilberto Herrera. Absolutely. Urbanham.com is your source online for the best in people to know, places to go, and things to do. And of course, we have the official Urbanham merch available right now to match your style. Order the colors that represent you, your high school, college, Greek organization, your favorite sports team, or just find that perfect Urbanham t-shirt or hoodie to go with those fresh sneakers in your closet. Visit Urbanham.com today and click on Shop Urbanham to place your order. <laughs> I got another joke just because I want to tell another joke. I need to find another one or we good? We good because I just lost the joke I had. 
doggone it. You know I forgot it that fast. Um, I talked about your social media, but I didn't give a chance for you to tell people where to find you. So tell people how they can find you on social media. So on all social media platforms, my handle is at Gilberto Herrera, G-I-L-B-E-R-T-O-H-E-R-R-E-R-A. So my, my Instagram is verified, so if you see other names, the one with the blue check next to it, that's my name. Bet. Um, let's see here. What is your favorite charity, sir? My favorite charity... Right now, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to have to be the Hispanic Interest Coalition of Alabama. Please tell us about it. So, the HECA is the acronym, is short for HECA. So, it's a it's a local nonprofit here in Birmingham. The headquarters is in Homewood. It's led by Carlos Aleman. Um, he's also a city councilman in Homewood. But, man, this organization is not only helping immigrants and in Latin people, but just anybody of color and a minority um, in anything you could think of from housing to entrepreneurship to, I mean, you get stopped by the police, they can help you. You need Pampers, they got you. Um, they have a fund where they lend money to people and they, they're constantly growing that fund internally. And I think they just gave out like a $50,000 loan internally to, you know, a, a local business. Hmm. For, um, from the time they've started, they've been around for a while. You know, they, it was founded by a lady named Isabel. Yeah, Isabel is a friend of mine. Yeah, so you yeah, know Isabel. So I know all about So, her. you know, Carlos just took over, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see where he takes his organization. I, I, I'm hoping we can branch out outside of Birmingham and have the same effect in other smaller cities. You know, I had been talking about a little maybe project, and um, I think I'm going to do it right now. Um, I'm going to start asking people who they think I should invite to Intravenous. And through your story, I'm going to ask you to invite Carlos, definitely, because I think I would love to to meet him because I was so close to Isabel. I just feel, you know, number one, when I was reading your bio, I was like, oh, I got a, a contact again. But I'd love to meet. I got you. Uh, We're gonna do that as soon as we're done. Outstanding. Um, if you don't answer one of these questions, I ask you though, you gonna make a a donation to Hicka, but they're easy. Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Rickwood, just the history. Okay. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Protective. Crossplex or Legion Field? Ooh. Finally, I got you <laughs> with the hoo Say that one with Crossplex. Or Legion Field. I'm going to say the crossplex. More to do. All right. Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. I'm I'm a Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Prince or Michael Jackson? <sighs> Come on, bro. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the king. I'm going to have to go with Mike. All right. Birmingham, Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? McWayne Science Center. 
Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Sloss about to go down, man. So let's say we'll say Vulcan. All right. My, my friends do something there once a month, so we, we'll say Vulcan. Barons or Squadron? Squadron. Jay-Z or Lil Wayne? Jay-Z. I ain't got to think about that. Legion, Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Legion. Alabama State or Alabama A&M? You can't do that one. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, people going to be attacking me when I leave here. <laughs> I got to make a donation to Hika. <laughs> Save that one for last, did yeah, you? Yeah, man, I love getting the donations. So, Carlos, I, when I meet you, I'm coming with donations in hand. Alabama or Auburn? I ain't going to choose that none either. Another donation. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no dog in either I one came, of those fights. I came with the fire that time. Yeah, I ain't got no dog in either one of those fights. Now, let me ask you what? He, he's, a, he's a Brooklyn guy. Jay-Z or Nas? Jay-Z. All right. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. What is your zodiac sign? Aquarius. And what what is that? You know, what are the characteristics or traits? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even look into that. Really? I don't. Like no. I don't know what mine are specifically, but every time somebody reads it to me or whatever, it's, it's spot on. I'm yeah. talking about it nails me every time. Man, I'm in this group. On Facebook, it's like I dated an Aquarius, and these girls just be posting like horror stories of dating Aquarius. And I'm like, man, we can't be that bad. We like, can't be that bad. Uh. <laughs> no, but you know, nowadays, man, people be like, yeah, this is your sun and this is your moon. So it's like it's too confusing. I'm just, yeah. I was born in January. That's all I know. Okay. So okay. Um, do you cook? Nah. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant in Birmingham? My favorite restaurant. I'm gonna be honest with you. Southern Caribbean, right there on Lum. Southern Caribbean. I get the oxygen. Oh, oh, oh. Man, you are the second or third t- person to tell me that they got it going on. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm simple, a, I'm man. I don't gotta that. I don't gotta go to Paris or anything. Like give me yeah. some give me some regular food. I'm going. I'm telling yeah. you, within the next seventy two hours I will be there. Um what is your favorite pair of Jordans? Ooh, I would have to say my Don C Jordan twos because one they are super hard to get, uh-huh. and it was designed by you know somebody that is that looked like me and you, yeah, and they are the same quality as you would you would find in like a high end Louis Vuitton sneaker or something like that. Okay, and they come they like quilted leather. They feel like you're walking on a cloud. Okay. Royal blue leather that you probably would find in a Ferrari. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite NBA team? I'm Man, I'm a diehard, loyal to a fault Knicks fan. Makes sense. <laughs> and your favorite NFL team? NFL team, the Giants. All right. So you knew it, New York through and through. Yeah. All right. I love it. Look, what he is your... he, look, he looking around like, man, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite scripture, Bible figure, or Bible story? The Sermon on the Mount. Mm. I live by that. That's awesome. So, you know. Go ahead. Seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened unto you. So that's my moniker. Yeah. I, I live by that. Yeah. You have not because you ask not. Yeah. No matter where you are. Yeah. You don't know until you ask. 
back to what we were saying earlier. It's all your fault. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If something's wrong, it's your own fault. You Absolutely. need to start looking in the mirror. And, yeah. Um, now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, I got you here because I wanted to learn more about you, but most people are tuning in, listening in and everything um, because they want to get some 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 knowledge and 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 you know first thing is I would love for you to tell me about your link with Google and how that can help other people. Yeah, so they have a program called Grow with Google which is a a program to help mon- black and brown entrepreneurs, you know, Latinos, anybody that's a minority uh, excel and grow their business online. So I provide free training at least twice a month, and I give you not only training, but I give you tools to give you access to things to be able to grow your business. So marketing, financial, um, you name it. I mean, we we got certain, and then, you know, they, I, I can give you access to certifications, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or start a job or, you know, get into a new career. I can give you access and probably give you a scholarship to be able to get them for free. Oh, so wow. um, not only that, man, I'm putting a light on local entrepreneurs here. So I had a girl named April Dixon. She has a company called Dixon Tech Repairs where she fixes phones and computers and does IT work. She does a lot of work with Courtney here as well. Google featured her recently. You mm. know, they, called, they reached out to me and they was like, yo, we looking for somebody to feature in your market. Give us some names. They featured her. So that's that's doing numbers for her business. Oh wow! Because her online profile is like doing this, because Google themselves featured her, and they they are the only ones that know the sauce. They're not gonna tell it to me, even though I'm a part, I'm a consultant for them. Yeah. Now let's let's look at um, Google alone. Mm-hmm. Just that tool. What is one thing, maybe two, that Working and learning what you know can help them just through Google. What 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 do people not know they don't know? I think it's going to be an aha moment for most. When you go to search for something, what's the first place you go to? Google. Absolutely. A lot of us miss the mark there because we're so stuck on thinking that social media is the end-all, be-all. So think about it like this. When I market to you on social media, I'm interrupting your day. You didn't go in there to be marketed to. You're there to scroll and connect with your friends, family, and whatever it is that you want to do. The last thing you want to see is an advertising, right? Yeah. So that's intrusive marketing, basically. Well, when you market on Google, that's intent-based marketing, meaning... I just got to show up when you're searching for something, and that increases my chances of me getting the sale from you because you're already looking for this. Man, I don't profess to be the smartest, but I feel real stupid right now because that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And also, Google is the largest website in the world. They get the most traffic every single day, so everybody... that has internet connection, some point or another ends up on Google searching for something. So you just you really just made me get it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, Google, the same things that you, that are there for everybody, people just don't look at them the way they should be looking at them. The opportunities that certain things involve, you know, regarding Google can help you easily every day. You help people tune into that Absolutely. and look at it in a different way. Yeah, I mean, gotcha. and, and the easy thing that we got to do is there's a free tool called Google My Business or Google Business Profile. It's just basically a tool that allows you to upload all your information. And when somebody searches for a restaurant near me, you know, your profile shows up in the map section. If somebody searches for chiropractor or whatever, mm-hmm. you have a chance of being found for free. Mm-hmm. You just got to make sure that the profile is complete and you update it frequently and consistently and people leave you reviews. That's a free tool. Because mm-hmm. So from a business standpoint, Google is in business to get your information. Yeah, That's how they win. They want to be able to provide accurate information to people like me and you when we, when we want to search for something. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the better they do that, the more they feel like somebody's going to come back. Let's see if you got Eric nodding. I know you talking. You what you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that's Google's mission is to yeah is to put all the world's information in one place. Yeah. So they're not they're not a market. They really are, are an information company. And I'm not gonna ask you anything about anything more about Google because I want them to contact you. Drop your info, how people can get in touch with you as far as Google marketing. So the easiest way to do that is to go to my website. It's gilbertoherrera.com and go to the contact tab, and you can literally schedule a consultation with me. Me and somebody on my team will get back with you. Now, how does one get to 19,000 followers? Simple. Get clear on who you serve. That's okay. number one. You gotta really know who you serve. We can't be all things to all people. Mm. My, to my my avatar is someone that's starting a business, but feels like they don't know where to go. Mm. So you gotta know who you serve. Get clear on how to communicate with them, and lastly. You gotta have a system to bring them to you frequently and consistently. So there's a psychologically there's a path to purchase that we all go through, and I can sum it up in four ways. We gotta see you. Once we see you enough, then we start engaging with you. Once we engage with you enough, then we make a buying decision. We buy from you, and that's either with our time or with our money. So we either schedule a consultation with you or we buy something from you. And then once that we get ex- you know, we go through that experience. Then we tell others about the experience. Mm-hmm. So see, think, do, love. Those are the four pillars to how people buy. We got to see you. We start doing research on you and we start engaging with you. And then we actually take action. And then we tell others about the experience. So yeah. with me, I I do different things on different social media platforms. So on Instagram, one, you're not just marketing to people. You got to understand the platform. You got to feed the platform what it wants. Right now, if you're not posting reels on social media, your content is not going to show up. Mm. And also, you also have to understand when you post certain things, they have photo recognition software. So they know when you post a flyer and you're trying to promote a party or you're trying to promote an event and you got a link in it 
And they say, you know what? This ain't what my platform is for. Mm. You know, but because you're trying to sell something, I'm not going to show it to as many people. If you really want, if you really wanted to show up to a larger audience, you're gonna have to pay. Yeah. So you got people are only on social media for three things: education, entertainment, and inspiration. Hmm. That's it. You left out porn. That's it. <laughs> Well, that, that fall, that, that's entertainment. Oh, yeah, yeah. there that's you go. <laughs> but think about comedians. They have usually comedians have some of the largest followings. Yeah. Because people are there to be entertained. They're not there to be sold. Yeah. You know, um, it's the way you you know you structure your content. You know, yeah. you gotta one. You gotta understand also how to position your content to get people to look at it. Mm-hmm. So I'll say things like three things, three reasons why you're not successful in life. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'll i make a carousel. A carousel is just a bunch of pictures that you slide through. Yeah. And then I'll tell a story within within it to keep them scrolling. And then at the end of it, I'll give them the three things. But then you also got to ask them to do something. So the, you get an engagement right there. They're scrolling down into your... Gotcha. Yeah. So and what were you about to say? And then you, you got to ask them to do something. Every, like what? Every, if you don't ask them to share it, like it, save it, mm-hmm. tell others about it, they mm-hmm. won't. You know, a lot of the times, people don't know what I they're doing. I thought they they won't do that anyway. Like nah. I just get i I've just resolved that the the people, and it, it has nothing to do with how much you love somebody. You know whether you support them or not. I just believe there are sharers and there are not. Like, I just feel like there are some people that just ain't what they do. And yeah. don't be offended by it. That's just not what they do. Well, and yeah. I feel like some are, so you want to be sure to make sure they see it because there's more of a propensity for them to share it. No science. That's just what I've been doing. And you're saying, I need to ask. Absolutely. And then you <laughs> okay. think about it like this. Your biggest supporters ain't gonna be the closest people to you. They're not. They're <laughs> so, I give me one second, hold your I thought. Got you. I almost made a post. It was yesterday or the day before. Because I saw somebody, you know, kind of in a tizzy about nobody supporting them. And I remember being there. You know, I remember being like, um, I'm doing this or I'm doing that, party, promoting, whatever the case may be. And I just thought, man, these motherfuckers some haters, you know. They just, after time, you realize they don't share nothing. It ain't you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's just not what they do. And so. They're going to be a supporter when you come, when you, when, when this thing blows up and you start taking it on the road. Well, that, that is happening. But. Where I was going with the post was be confident because I don't care if it was when I was building party promotions, when I ran for office, the people that got behind me the hardest, I didn't know those people. And 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 I just say that to say that I ain't talking about if you build it, they'll come because sometimes you got a shitty product. Mm-hmm. But if you work and you're diligent and you get training and you get input and you're willing to listen, 
I think that, you know, somebody going to look at him and be like, you know what? He's a, I like this dude. Let me, let me follow him. And, and I'm going to say this. I, I've been scared to say it out loud, but I'm going to say it because you've, you've given me courage. I wanted a thousand followers on TikTok. Simple, childish, maybe. He know I love me some TikTok. I wanted a thousand followers. Man, around, well, when I made this pledge, it was about two months ago. It was less than two months ago. It's been about six weeks. And I was like, I want, I had 500 followers. And I was like, I just want to get a thousand. And people have been telling me to be confident in my own content. Like content is king. Fuck you. You know, I, I, it, I did it. All right. So <laughs> since I started doing that, I got 200 and something followers in six weeks when it took me 500. I mean, took me years to get 500. Yeah. And so I'm saying that to say thank you, Jesus. And then, but also, there are people out here that know these algorithms. They know how this stuff works. And I would love for you to just briefly talk about Look, you ain't selling wolf tickets here. Mm -hmm. You you know what you're talking about, and be it content creation going viral. What do you say? So again, it's a, I call it the three P's. You gotta you market to people number one, right? Mm -hmm. And people don't buy your product or service. They don't buy you. People are selfish. They buy the transformation they feel like they can get from you. So you gotta show mm. them what that. So I, I use this as an example, and people always get an aha moment, right? When you watch those medicine commercials, do they ever show you the medicine? No, they show you. Never once. No, they show you happy people on the beach, getting out, you know, hiking on their porch, on watching TV as a family, running, whatever it is, right? So now you're saying to yourself, if I take this, I can do that. That's what my life is going to look like once That's I take That's what my life's going to look like. That's... Pete, that's all people care about is what... What can I get from this, and how will my life improve? You just got to show them that. And like you said, there are these aha moments. But if you don't get training, mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't invest in yourself, if you don't, um, you know, go those extra miles, you're not able to put into put into practice if you will what you just said because because you don't know to do it as a thing you you've done it before yeah but you're not trying to do it yeah and here's another one that i i see a lot of people do and they don't understand they get dinged for this they take a tiktok video and they post it straight to youtube i mean uh, to instagram with the tiktok logo on it that's your direct competitor when they see that logo on there and i want to show that to everybody i got friends that their video will go viral on TikTok and have thousands and thousands of views and they get to Instagram and nobody sees and it. Nobody saw and nobody And I'm like, bro, when I, I'm telling you, I talk directly to Instagram. They don't like to see. They scan the they video. They don't want your logo on their shit. Yeah, that's free advertising for TikTok. 
man. So you got to learn the platform. I've been and- I've been doing that too. Like I've I'm guilty of the, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, which just goes to show. I mean, you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. So repurpose the same content, just post it directly on the platform. Yeah. Instead of sharing it from TikTok to Instagram. So I mean, you got to learn the people. You got to know what the platform wants. Every platform is different, and they want their con- the content that you share to be shared a certain way but because the goal for every platform is to keep people on their platform as long as possible. Yeah. Because the longer you're on that platform, the lo- the more ads they can show you. Yeah. The more ads they can show you, the more revenue they bring in. They don't want you leaving their platform. That's why when you post external links, like if you ever if you see how I market my stuff on you on Facebook, I don't market and drop links. I ask questions, get people to comment, I direct message them and then send them the link. But I know if I post the link in my post, nobody gonna see it, cause that's just how the plat the the algorithm is set up. Cause the goal is to keep you on that platform. Man, you just changed my life. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. And then also think about it like this: you gotta you gotta have patience and you gotta practice. You gotta put out. You know, I I tried so many different things, man. I used to create beautiful looking stuff. That would take me forever to make. And then I'll post it and it gets no looks. But then I'll post a picture on Instagram that I took just now and it'll go viral. Why? Because that's what Instagram was created for. Remember, the name of the the app is called Instagram. It's for you to gram your life as you're going through it. A lot of people got away from that when, when they started seeing other people do different things. So, and um... You know, even like you you know how many followers I got on TikTok? No. Seventy. I don't use it. But I run ads for people on there because I'm the ads are cheap and they like it. But my audience ain't there. Yeah. I'm a LinkedIn guy, I'm a I'm an Instagram guy, and I'm a Facebook guy. That's cool. So you go the, the so what I said that to say is you go where your audience is. Right. Know who you serve, and it's like fishing. You're gonna go if you want to, you know the fish biting. Yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna sit your reel in the ocean where where the fish ain't and mm-hmm. just waste your time. Now you're gonna go find the fish, and you're gonna drop your reel where they are. You're gonna put the bait that they like on the reel, so that they can bite on it and you can pull them up. So we need to approach not just social media but business the same way. Just like you were saying, just because you build it, they ain't gonna come. People ain't you didn't create a business for people to support you. You built a business to add value to people. That was the other part of what I was saying. It was like, if you're depending on your friends when you go into business, you need to ask them first. Right. (laughs) You know, if I'm building a business and saying, you know what, I expect all my friends to support me, you might want to have a conversation with them. Otherwise, you need to build it for who wants your product. Right. Or the conversation with your friend is, hey, you're you're my target customer. What would make you buy from me? That's the question you ask. Not you don't tell them that they didn't. They have to support you because they're friends. That's selfish. Yeah. You know. And another thing that I do, man, I've been I study human behavior, so that helps me become a better marketer. Oh, gotcha. You yeah, know, yeah. So we yeah. got we got the psychology 20, of it. Yeah, we got twenty one biases, and you know those are true to the T. And once you understand why we're biased and why we're selfish. You can kind of leverage that and 
you know, use that in your marketing and your communication to be able to tap into someone's emotions. Wow. And, and once you tap into their emotions, yeah, you got them. Now, I, I'm going to stop being selfish, and I'm going to let us close with tell us the other things that you do. I, I was curious about all the social media and all of that, but, you know, you're in the um, a, a financial consultant, all of that. So what other things and how can people reach you? So, again, you can find me on all social media. Uh, my email is info at gilbertoherrera.com so just literally info at my name.com um, my phone number is 205-833-8 I'm sorry 832-5577 so I mean those are the easiest ways you can find me out I, I got real estate um, you know during the pandemic you know I got into financial investment I mean not investing but financial consulting because I saw a friend of mine and I was seeing how much money he made and I'm like, man, if you can do that, I know, mm-hmm. you know, I can do more, but not because I want the money, but because I want the impact. Because I really want to, like, my life's mission is to help those people that look like me and you wake up and really understand that this world is set up for us to be consumers. From the time you're born to the time you die your condition to take orders every single day. It takes 12 years to take the life out of you. So that's the reason why they sit us down in school and teach us stuff that we don't even care about for eight hours. Then they tell you to go to college and get in debt. By the time you get out of college, most people can't even get a job equivalent to the debt they acquired. Then you go finance a house for 30 years. You get a car, you get kids, you get these credit cards. Your life is surrounded by debt. But the people at the top play a different game. And I want to show my people what that game is. Man, if y'all don't know, now you know. (laughs) Get in touch with Gilberto. You see how that rhyme? (laughs) Boss, son. (laughs) I want to thank my dear brother for joining us. Yeah, and if y'all not if y'all not subscribed to this channel, man, please do so. He got access to people. I, if you were to sell your cell phone, bro, with all the contacts you got in your cell phone, oh, it shit. would probably be millions of dollars. Yeah, you got people on first name basis that the average like not even I can get a hold of. You'd be like, don't even worry about it. Hey, <laughs> I need you to answer this phone call, and they'll do it. That's just... that's valuable, bro. And not only that, man. It's not, but I want to say this. It's not for me, so I can't sell it. God gave me that to give away. Just like your blessings and your ability to, to, man, the way you can just see something, break it down, and da-da-da-da-da. Nobody else can do that. God gave you that gift. And that's why you feel a certain way you want to give it. Like, you feel moved to give it, but... It's so much that God blesses you anyway. It's the same way, man. It's Absolutely. like this, these numbers aren't for me. But I'm going to tell you when you're wasting your time and mine. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, fuck that. I'm not trying to make. Like you said, people take my calls and the calls I send. I'm not finna fuck that up. Right. <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63. Urbanham dot 
com and urbanham.news. God bless. Hi, I'm Tanita Kane from the Kane Law Firm. For 23 years, we have been the name you know and definitely the name you can trust for your legal needs, whether it be criminal defense, personal injury, or family law. We can take care of your needs. Call 205-202-4077 or visit our website at www.canelawbham.com. That's www.canelawbham.com.